It's time for the 8 Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinosa on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. It's a lock. I hit the 7 iron like John Daly hits the 3. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken yeah. dinner! Jerome Espinosa is a Class A PGA professional and director of instruction at 8 Greatest Performance Center. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! We will talk all things New Mexico golf, hear from voices all around the world of golf, and even give some swing tips to improve your game. All you got to do is just tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a room. Now, Get right, playing golf today. here's PGA Pro Jerome Espinoza. Good morning. Welcome to the 8 Greatest Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Alongside Mr. David Muddit. We're here till 11 a.m. today and every day. Welcome back, David. Welcome back. Where have I been? I don't know. You're two weeks in a row on time. It's kind of nice. Early. Early is true. Early. Let's get it. Let's well, get it going. Um, from last week, carrying on about we have, and I want to give a huge shout out to our buddy, Zach Hopeful. Zach funded an <clears throat> entire month. What a beast. Of these veterans. <laughs> and we said they sent out the email to these veterans uh, just the other day. And within... I don't even know. I didn't have a timer on it, but within probably a minute and 30 seconds, the f- program was full. We have five on the wait list. So I've reached out. We're, awesome. we're still looking for a little bit more funding to fund either um, more veterans, another class, or um, just another month. And if we have a Mixture of all of it, we're going to do all of it. We will do as much as we can. Well, we achieve what we tried to achieve then. So, again, I am I know I got this morning, um, or actually a couple days ago, I got reached out to by somebody that said, hey, I, you know, I'm, me and a partner are going to do it. We're going to pay for And I told them, you have an option. You can pay for one veteran. You can pay for a class. I don't care how you do it. It's totally up to you. But within, <clears throat> obviously, there's a need within, I'm, I'm telling you, a minute and thirty seconds of the email going out, we were well, we were slammed. So we're I, fired up, dude. We're so pumped to start that program. That's great. That's that makes me happy. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people don't realize how much Zach does <clears throat> for uh, dude for he's veterans unreal. of the military um, through his You're tournament with that <clears throat> Wounded Warriors tournament. Right? You're part of that. The Hopeful Open. Yeah, I've, I've been helping him now for. I, I don't want to say I help him run the tournament. I don't help him run the tournament, but I donate my time, and we hit shots on number two. Oh, yeah. In memory of his mother. Yep. Uh, I think, was it this year? I think it was last year's tournament. I think we raised a total of like $10,000. That's... With, with the, with, from my tournament and the hitting shots, a total of like... Ten, that's two scholarships for two kids. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, so if if if... The funding isn't needed at Jerome's place anymore. Then, if you want to get involved to help veterans, give Zach Hofl a call at Twin Warriors and get involved in his tournament. Well, the his tournament thing, is unbelievable. What it does. The good thing with how much money they raise. That I'm I'm super thankful to Zach. And again, I you know I've social media shouted him out, and I'm thanking him right now because he said he goes, dude, we'll I'll put money so we can get these guys through. Again, if we can do um every month, we'll do it. Yeah, you know we're gonna keep going with it because I just I'm super thankful for those guys and I'm pumped. I want to get those guys again, teach them to play golf, teach them to play better golf. I don't care, even care well, what and, it is. And you know what? You know what Zach and I'll do. Um, I don't even need to ask him. We will donate our winnings from both pro pros, the pro pro South and the pro pro North. We're letting you win then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you can't stop us. <laughs> if he has, we to have chip. one once. We have one once. Did you say that story in Roswell? If he has to chip, he'll just. Oh. That's the only chance. That's the chance we have. Is I do Zach tell that story when I'm with him. Sometimes we're on number. We finished on number nine at Spring River. <laughs> <clears throat> he hit a good drive. It was alternate shot. I had like, I think I had a five iron in or something. <laughs> and as soon as I hit it, I knew I'd short sided him. You're like, damn. As soon as I hit done. it, I'm like, damn it. And he goes, what? I goes, you're gonna have to chip. <laughs> <laughs> as I knew it, as soon as I hit it. He putted it around the edge of the bunker so from like funny. 50 yards. I'm not even joking. It was like 50 yards to the hole. It's so he puts it, skirts through the rough. I mean, he hammers this thing, right? I'm like, oh my God. Hits it to like six feet. So good. With his putter. I make it. We go in a playoff. We win on the first playoff hole. It was brilliant. So good. I love it. 
There's, I don't know, I, I don't even think we talked about this. Have you seen that net, Netflix full swing? I've watched, I watched the first episode with Charlie, and then the next one was Brooks Koepka, and I just I had to turn it you off. Couldn't I couldn't do it? I couldn't deal with it. Oh, so, so I'll probably good. skip that one and go to the next one. But So the next one is, I believe, and I, I got to sit down and finish it, but is Joel Damon, and I wanted to talk about it, because uh, like the Joel Damon one, dude, it is hilarious. Because the reason I think it's so like valuable is it's every golfer. You know this. You and I go through this mentally and personally and all that sort of thing. But other like the people that we teach don't think like all oh, those pros. They just they never go through this. Like they just hit all these yeah. perfect shots. So Joel Damon, I'll give you a little sneak peek, dude. It's hilarious. So he's just the most negative dude around it's and it shows it like he's like i freaking suck i don't belong here like just they all feel that way to some extent it, it, golf is a struggle for those guys it, it's not it's not as easy as they make it look well and and i'm telling joel damon's like a winner right i think he's yeah. one on tour maybe a couple times now and so the the funniest part is i think he's exempt no i think he had to go all the way through u.s open sectionals so I think I think maybe not. No, he did. Maybe he, not. He sectional qualified, and then he was in the final group. So he goes. They show him. They're filming him, and he's at the thirty-six, the second round. Yeah. And so he is going. He plays his first eighteen. He's arguing with his caddy, and his caddy's good, right? Like he's just like it's his buddy, dude. Yeah. You're fine. Like come on. And he's like, shut up. I suck. The freaking dumb. And so he turns at eighteen, and I don't know. 18 holes and then they get a break and it's like i think he's like one over and he's like i'm effing leaving he has two white claws so he has he's drinking two white claws and his caddy's like what are we doing he's like i think i'm gonna leave like we're not finishing and he's like no we're finishing so they go out for the second 18 and he's like five under six under and so he's like freaking suck i'm freaking leaving and his caddy's like Dude, we're like six under. Like we're fine, and he's they're going. Dude, it's so good. And then obviously he wins that part, and then he's in the final group. Yeah, it. Yeah, it. it golf is. Golf is so hard. Because my students on your brain, they've told me they're like, "Did you watch you. the full swing?" I'm like, "Yeah," and they they were shocked. Like, really? And I'm like, "You don't realize how often that happens." Well, you saw the first one, Justin Thomas. He's on watch. Yeah. Just losing his mind after round three because he thought he threw the tournament away. Yeah. Everyone goes through it. You never know. I, I remember <clears throat> my anxiety's got worse playing golf over the years. <laughs> but I, I remember at Harding Park when I was playing, there were no fans or anything. It was a weird one. But I'm walking along the fairway and I'm they have a they have two leaderboards. They have the club pro leaderboard and, oh, then, they, and then they have you. the regular leaderboard, you yep. know? And I'm like terrified, just, it's a lot, like, you, you know, <laughs> the world is watching you, it's a lot to deal with, and I'm just, you know, terif terif terrified going into it, and then I remember after like eight holes, I'm walking along, and I'm even par, and I look up at the leaderboard, and I'm leading the club pros by like three shots, right, and I, it dawned on me, I'm like, I'm pretty good. Well, no, not that, it <laughs> dawned should've. on me, I'm like... All these other guys are struggling with the exact same thing, you know, because I knew the course was playable. I knew I could play it. There were two or three of the ones I played I knew I could I could do. Yeah, right? yeah, they, they, yeah, were, yeah. they were doable golf courses. Quail Hollow, I knew from the get-go I was in trouble. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a, a hard week. It, it just, it was, the golf course was way too difficult. But as I'm walking along and I look at it, I'm like looking at some of the names, you know, like yeah, Bob yeah, yeah. Sowers, these guys that have been doing it forever, right? And they probably maybe looked at me as the same, thinking I'm not struggling, right? I'm playing in my fifth <laughs> one of, of eight in eight years like, or whatever. This is so easy for David. Exactly. That's what people think. And I look at it and I'm looking at the scores and, and I see Ryan Vermeer is like 10 over through nine holes. And I'm like, this is one of the best he's players in the country. He's our national champion. Like he's won our national championship. <laughs> So, yeah, it was kind of an enlightening moment, even though I'd done it for so long, and I, I, I know that they struggle, right? Everybody struggles. But when you see it like that, and you realize the struggles you're going through, and you're still managing to make pars or whatever, <laughs> you, you, yeah, sometimes 
you're like, oh, everyone does struggle. Well, yeah. I mean, it, I yeah. mean it's, and I think for me, and obviously, like, you know, teaching as much as I do now is that I have to try and convey that to all these students because they think like, you know, they're blading chips and they're fatting chips and like, oh my God, I'm the worst player in the world. And I'm like, no, really, you're not. But, you know, the word I always do, I always tell them like, you're human. So yeah. you're going to make these mistakes. Like, you just, and, you know, obviously TV coverage does it no justice. None. Because you don't see the guys. Well, also, are- these commentators are clueless, man. <clears throat> they say things that are just so not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they, if, let's say, he hits it at the hole, you don't know if he was aiming at the hole. No, heck no. Because he probably wasn't. Not even close. 90% of the time, these guys are not going at the flag. They may hit it at the flag, but that's just their natural ability taking over. Yes, yes, they yes. They probably, probably, with a four-iron, aimed 30 feet left of the hole. <laughs> But they're competitors, and they get in the heat of the moment, and all they can see is the flag. In their mind, they're not aiming at the flag, but subconsciously, they hit it at the flag, right? And the commentators are like, oh, what an unbelievable... And look, it is an unbelievable shot, don't get me wrong. But these commentators make it out that everything they do is perfect. Well, just recently, and I don't know if you've seen it, Tiger has started to like open up a little bit more about, you know what he was doing and it's funny because a lot of people now are like oh my gosh tiger was not ever aiming at this or doing that and i'm like well duh that's like, why he never lost leads yeah like you think he was aiming at those back right hole locations or front lefts like no he wasn't like at all and now that he's opening him up and actually saying some of this stuff people are like can you believe and i'm like oh my god well uh, it Tiger Woods is the best golfer to ever step foot on planet Earth, in my opinion. Yep. Some people I would argue, agree. Some people will argue that it's Nicholas, but he never won a major from behind until the 2019 Masters. Yep, yep, Does yep. that not blow your mind? Well, and here's what I would even argue. like It wasn't that he was doing some spectacular stuff. He did play great, but all those other guys were like crumbling. Well, that's the point I'm trying to make is – He's won one major from behind, and he's won 15 of them, (laughs) right? So when he had the lead, he knew exactly what to do, Yep. right? He he knew when he could be aggressive and knew when he couldn't be. He knew he wasn't going to give it away to someone, and I think that mentality tells you why he never won one from behind until the 2019 Masters. That's true. Because he... If you watch him, you go back and watch his final round of major, they are so conservative... He was really conservative. He Tiger doesn't get enough credit for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he is ultra conservative when he has the lead in those major championships because he knew that if he just plotted his way around the golf course and made pars, everyone's trying to chase him are going to force themselves to make mistakes, and that's what happens. And that's probably why he never won from behind. Well, and here's the other thing too that I would think. I mean, obviously, he's probably the best iron striker, you know, like ever. Yeah. And who knows? We can debate that for days. But he would, and I'll just use this example: is if he has a back left, he's aiming at the center of the green, and he might try to draw it. Yeah. And then if it works, and he ends up two feet, great. The best golf. But if he was going to push it, he was still on the green. That was his yeah. whole thing. Like I'm not going to, like you said, the greatest of all time could work the ball both ways. And Nicholas said that he said he played major championships aiming at the middle of the green, and if the pin was on the left, he would draw it. If the pin was on the right, he would fade it a little bit. You're not going to get much trouble doing that. Because even <laughs> if you aim in the middle of the green to a right pin and pull it way left, you've still got all the green to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself a great chance for up and down. Yeah. And really, it's coming out now, too. Like it's, um, And I don't know, maybe I'm paying attention more, but it's also coming out. A lot of these professionals are starting to say, like, no, I don't hit both ways. I don't. I'm not comfortable that. I am a drawer, and yeah. I will draw everything, and, and I'm going to stay there. And I think that has changed over the years with equipment and yeah. stuff. The equipment is definitely not built to move the ball as much. Correct. You can hit the ball pretty straight now pretty easily, especially yep. with a driver. Like you don't, I mean, you see those guys playing big fades and stuff, but that that's partly because 
they're uncomfortable and that's their go-to <laughs> shot and <laughs> yes. that, people don't think about that I watched the final round at Riviera I watched all of it those guys were hitting bit power fades off the tee all three of them basically just to stay out if of trouble if they were just playing Riviera on a normal day they wouldn't be doing that they're aiming down the middle of the fairway and just hitting it hard like he's yep. they're basically taking bad shot out they're trying to take the bad the, the horrendous shot out of play right <laughs> yeah. they're trying to just keep it in play <clears throat> Give yourself a chance into the green and make some putts. Well, that's a great lesson for everyone out there, too. Like, don't, I mean, and it's funny because I get people that are like, I'm trying to draw that. I'm don't like, try and do something don't you don't do know that. if you can do. I'm like, all you want is a repeatable pattern. <clears throat> if it goes to the right 80% of the time, that is great. What makes these guys the best you can play is they, golf they play them. within themselves. Yeah. They, they, they yeah. don't do stuff that they don't think they can do. Well, I, I'll go back to your original point. Is you said the commentators say stuff that's not correct yeah. because they're like, "Oh my gosh, he just did that," and it's like, and if you, and of course the player's not going to say it in the media, well, but he, to me and you, say we're there and we're walking with them, they might say like, "I just pushed that so far right, and I'll it's tell two you, feet." I, you know, when I realized this was when I watched myself in one of the playoffs. They said. In the broadcast that I could putt it, right? That I could putt it. There was absolutely no way I could get it within 20 feet of the hole if I putted it. Yeah. But on the broadcast, they're telling people that that's puttable. Like, you can get that up and down putting it. You know, I'm I'm 15 yards off the green, right? There's a bunker. It's all slope. There's absolutely no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I watch it and I'm like, what in the world? (laughs) Like, there's, there's no reality to what they say. Because the majority of people don't have any idea. Well, yeah, they're not standing there no. like looking at your lie and, and I, what's I, I, in your way. And I got another funny story. This was in the locker room at Harding Park. I'm sat there eating lunch. Tony Finau's on the TV. They're interviewing him and it says live, right? He comes walking in the door. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? And he points at the TV and goes, that's a lie. <laughs> Seriously, but it just it, there's there's so much to it that people don't realize, and the commentators make out like these guys are just plue perfect, don't make mistakes. If they do make a mistake, it was on purpose. Like it's just not reality. Like that's not true. Now John Ram for a week when he's hot, yes, does he hit everything where he's looking? Probably not all four rounds, but three of the four rounds, yeah, he probably does. Hence the reason he can have. And we'll talk about this coming after. Even break. Tiger in his heyday said, "In my best rounds of golf, I only hit maybe five shots exactly how I wanted to." That's ridiculous. And that's Tiger Woods. That's ridiculous. Five ben, shots. Ben Hogan used out to say 67, the same thing. Sixty-seven, let's say. Ben Hogan used to say the same exact stuff. Yeah, back in the day. Golf and is not a game of perfect. That's a book, and it, it's it's one hundred percent true. It's one hundred, but it's one hundred and ten percent true. Well, uh, we got to take a quick break. I'm Joe Menspinosa, director of instruction. If you're in need of Club Repair, please email me at gespinosa at agradies.com. This is the Agradies Golf Show on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Let's get back to the Agradies Golf Show with Jerome Espinosa on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Welcome back to the Agradies Golf Show on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. You'll hear myself and David Muddett talking to Mexico Golf Saturdays, 10 to 11 a.m., and uh, again, I reiterate this just because I'm pleading and kind of begging, and I'm not ashamed to do so. But we are doing a veterans golf instruction and you know type stuff. So if anyone can pay for a veteran or pay for a program, I'm all good with that. We're just going to continue doing that. It's just a, a great program, and you know, hopefully, we can partner with David and Zach and do that sort of stuff and really grow it can 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 some veterans come check it out and watch absolutely. it one week and absolutely no you, you no shame to, in that we went we went through the vga so the veterans golf association i think they are and you know he's got a big group of guys but yeah any veteran like come check it out and let's see what we can so do when you get even, the dates and stuff you need to release those and even, tell people so. even if you're uncomfortable playing on a golf course obviously we're indoor so you know we're <laughs> as crazy as it is we're gonna host um, he got approved um, because some of those guys just can't do the 18 or they play 36 hole because it's like a huge qualifier. You can go to regional and all that stuff. And he got points approved to do some stuff on track band. So we're going to host some tournaments for them, for oh, the cool. guys that, you know, struggle 
walking or doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I said, I'm all in. Let's let's do it. We'll host you guys. And they, they're going to get points to accumulate towards furthering. And, you know, I think he said Scottsdale is their next. And then they go to the National, which I think he said they're playing Tigers course in Utah for the National Championship. But oh, wow. we're just providing an opportunity for these guys to play, play indoor, and uh, get points. So, And if you're um, not sure, go check it out once you get the dates and stuff. Yeah, I mean, release you know, it in the times sure. and people can come check it out and see what it's and all again, about. Again, it's it's in its infancy, so you know we've we're the demand is high, so eventually we'll have to come up with you know how to host everybody and do all that sort of stuff. But we'll, we'll make it happen. And I I, th- I think we talked or I think you were here. We talked about this before, but at the Genesis, um, and I like that the USJ is doing this because kind of what we talked about last segment of how good these guys actually are. And really it's, I would say avoiding bogeys more than making birdies. Um, but they did this. So at Bay Hill this week, so Bay Hill is where the tournament is this week out in Florida. Um, they, they, the USGA is doing these comparisons, like what it would take the average golfer to compete in this tournament. Yeah. So the average tour pro is at a plus 5.6. All right. So that's what, what they're playing at. That's like the average tour pro handicap out there. Um, their course handicaps plus two, the playing handicap is zero. So an average golfer is a 15.5. So their course handicap would be a 23. Their playing handicap would be a 25. So if you were competing at Bay Hill, you would be trying to shoot a 95 to even be anywhere near any of these guys at Bay Hill. I haven't played there though. I've seen it, but, and that's without taking into consideration the pressure, yes, the fans, a tea time, everything that goes on with all that, yeah, not like we've spoken not about. Not the before. Monday after. I, I would say you can probably add fifteen if you're in a actual pairing group on that tournament. I mean, I would also say a two handicap on those tough courses doesn't break ninety, not even close. Well, and you're in those situations, right? That's what we're talking about. Well, and you've had that experience, so you would well, know. I almost didn't once, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, can I mean, get away from you in a flash. No, and that's I mean that's why I like to go over that. I can't remember what the one um, for Riviera was, but we did that one. But this one is your plane handicap would be a twenty five, and I guess if you're fifteen, which is still a pretty good golfer, but there's well, and you know the grass is caught cut shorter. Is it Bermuda? It, it has to be in Florida, right? Where at Bay Hill? Uh, it, it'll be overseeded winter rye. Oh, because okay. it's in Orlando, yeah. Because I would even say that makes a difference. Yeah, I mean the whole setup of those courses are different. We talk about that all the time. People don't, people don't get it. They think they can go shoot sixty, even if it's a sixty-six at Arroyo or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's that's great. That's unbelievable round of golf. That just does not correlate to tour golf courses and conditions and. It do, It just doesn't. I mean, it, you, I, it, you could sit here. We could sit here for weeks and weeks and weeks and talk about this. You know, well, and I always used to argue with a friend when I started golf. Like, you know, I was like, "Tournament golf's no different." He's like, "Oh, yes, it is." And I'm like, "You're full of it." And then yeah. my first round, I actually called him. I'm like, "All right, dude, I apologize. It's different." Yeah, <laughs> it's way different. I mean, <laughs> to say got- sorry to him, and it wasn't even anything like that. It was like I think it was like a Sun Country Amateur tournament. And I was like, okay, it's way different. That's not even as you move up, like yeah. as you start moving up. And the more and more you do it, the easier it gets. I Absolutely. Mean, to a point. I would say it's kind of, what, you know, for people that are competitive and like that sort of thing, it gets addictive because they're like, give me back. I yeah, want to do it if again because you, you love that after a while. If someone said to me, what's the one thing I need to do to get better? I would give them one answer. Play in as many tournaments as you can. I don't care what else you do outside of that. If you want to get better, play in tournaments. Absolutely. Because you will learn to play golf more correctly. Well, and to your point that I think last week we talked about this a little bit when those guys from Sun Country were here, but the best and people, and you know this, your son's grown up in this program, but PGA Junior League is the best stepping stone because you have a partner but you still learn some nuance, right? You learn how to mark the ball. You learn all yep. these things, where to put the flag stick, where to put your bag. The next step would be a tournament because it's on your own. That changes 
massively. Yeah, we spoke about that one, Corey, and then we hear that's the steps in junior golf. If you if you want to improve, if you're a 15 handicap and you want to be a five, sign up for every single Skagger event you can. <laughs> and you know what? Struggle. You're going to struggle. Yep. But you will struggle less and less and less the more you do it. Just get used to it. I would even yep. say, you know, your men's associations tournaments, like those, even though, you know, because those guys are calling penalties and it's just playing as many as you can or money games or whatever. Always be playing for something to, yep. to keep your interest, to, to have some sort of pressure or some sort of meaning behind every shot. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, it, you cannot recreate that in any practice. I don't care who you nope. are. That's what makes Tiger Woods so amazing. All these comebacks and all these wins after yeah, not dude, playing for crazy. nine months, no tournaments, not hitting those shots under those conditions, and he can come back and do it. Bay Hill's a perfect example. How many comebacks did he make at Bay Hill and win? Yeah, he won there like eight times. It's unbelievable. He's unreal. It's disgusting. Yeah, he could go. He can go a year without playing a competitive tournament and go out there. And make the cut of Riviera and shoot 67. <laughs> it's like... You're ridiculous. It, you look at all these guys on tour. Very few of them come out straight away. Oh, they... And are winners. Them. Look at... I mean, they're, no. they're starting... There's some that obviously have. Like, there's Morikawa. There's Spieth. And I'm not even going to say Justin Thomas. It took him a while. Yep. He, didn't, he didn't have his card when Spieth won his first major. <laughs> right? No, not So at it all. took him some time. Yeah. Clearly, he had the talent, and he's extremely good at it. But it, it took him some getting used to. Well, look at all these. I would even... I mean, if you look at all these rookies that come out, like... John Ram wasn't a world beat straight away. No. I mean, he was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not like he is now. Look how much he's learned in the... Oh, my However gosh. many years he's been out there. Scotty Scheffler. Look how long it took him to win. And now he's unstoppable. Now he can't stop winning. <laughs> Disgusting. He played his way through it. He played through the process. And got well, to the point where he's comfortable doing it. You know, I would even say, and you you know this, but like play with people that whoop you because you'll learn some different things. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Like when you play with guys that are at, and you have at that level, but you're like, oh my gosh, like he doesn't even do anything fancy. No, it's almost like just don't, you know, step on your own. Just don't step on yourself. <laughs> Stay out of your, you know. Yeah, and, and I. Mean, I Again, teaching this to like amateurs and stuff like that. Some of them have like where it comes into, and you'll probably you know relate to this is like the pride is they're like, well, I should be hitting a wedge. I'm like, who said that? Yeah, just hit the hybrid and put it up there. Yeah. Well, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, who gives a rip? Yeah, who really cares at the end of the day? You just got to get it in the hole, and you got to figure out the best way for you to do that. <laughs> they don't all do it the same. No, no, they don't. They don't all chip the same. They don't all putt the same. They don't all hit it the same. The problem that I see is that everyone sees, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, Phil was the one who hits all these crazy yeah. short game shots, and people are like, that's how you do it. I'm like, no, he's an anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's now, not the same. A lot of those guys out there can hit those shots, but they're only doing it if they absolutely have to. Yep. Yeah. No, there's a big difference in that. I mean, Phil over the years, I don't care what he would say, there's some shots that he's hit over the years that he should not have hit. <laughs> That some worked out and some didn't. Yeah, I mean he he did some dumb stuff. Well, we could go through them. I'm sure. Yeah, he like, he's, where he had a majors in his hands. Yeah, it did just dumb. St but I I mean he's also a different dude. I think for him, that's part of it. I mean that's part of the process. You you learn by mistakes. And to be honest, sometimes you have to hit a shot that you're not comfortable hitting to make yourself feel more comfortable. <laughs> Seriously. You've said that before. That's 100% I spoke true. to a sports psychologist about this, and, and I told him what I would do. I'd be like, early in a round, I would sometimes hit a shot that I knew was not the right shot, a three would over water or whatever out of bounds. And if it went in the water or went out of bounds, I actually wasn't upset. It yeah, calmed yeah. me down. I'm like, oh, that's the worst that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Someone's not going to shoot you in the back yeah, of the head. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine. I can go make six, seven, eight birdies and finish just, just like everyone else. That's hilarious. It's... But it's professional I, golf is is it's so hard to explain to people. Well, I would even say like I'm telling you, man, any golf in general, like it's you're. We've said this before. It's life. Like when I go play with all my amateurs, it's and I try. And, I'm not being mean when I laugh, but to watch them go through all their stuff because I can just look in their eyes and I'm like, they're fighting some demons right now. Yeah. Like 
and it's whatever it's you know they're uncomfortable or the social aspect or women deal with like what uh, what i'm wearing you know like is pe- are people judging me on what i'm wearing like all that sort of stuff is like it's all part of it it's part of it yeah and i'm like you know it has nothing to do with golf right and they're like what i'm like you're just super uncomfortable right now because you think you're slow or you're not good or people are judging you and all that sort of stuff it's from the 25 handicapper all the way up to the professional. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at them all. They're all dressed nice. They all take pride in what they look like. It's That's all part of it. Yes. You have to feel like you belong. That's the hardest part about that, I would say. For, You're, that's true. You, you got you to gotta feel it yourself, that you belong where you are, Who's and you the deserve one? to I be there. I think it was Rocco. Rocco Mediate said something that when he first came on tour, like his dress, he like walked on and someone was like, hey, dude. You're on tour. You need to like, your pants are horrible. And he was like, what? And, and that they're affects like, you. And they're like, you need to dress like you belong here. So he said he like went to a tailor and was like immediately like, dude, I need some better pants. <laughs> Just yeah, that simple thing. It sounds silly, but it's all part of the deal. You know, you walk out on the range and they're like, who is what? Well, when you got millions of people watching you too, it's like, you don't want to be thinking about anything but playing golf. Yeah. Now there's some people that don't care as much, you know. Well, you've spoke to this and I'll say it, but like, you know, I almost think like some people from like the European countries, I mean, I'm like, geez, that dude's dressed nice. Like they just, I don't know, for whatever reason that is, maybe you guys like. Well, I mean, growing up playing golf in England, it. I guess that's part of it. You said that Yeah, like you, if you went in the clubhouse after a certain time, you had to have a suit and tie or a jacket and tie on, a blazer and tie, you know. Um, weren't allowed to wear ankle socks. They had to come up halfway up your leg, you know. I guess that's part it's, of it. It's, it's, For sure. it's a cultural thing, yeah. Yeah. Golf is not very accepted in England. Um, For just the average Joe? Yeah, no. Not, not until, you know, maybe the last 20 or 30 years, probably. It's really, really changed. I mean, you ask... Any of those English guys on tour, there's a ton of them. They'll all tell you growing up how they were treated at the That's golf course. Yeah, like they didn't belong. Like they shouldn't be there. Women and kids shouldn't be there. That's how golf was. Yeah. You know? That's insane. It's never really been that way in America. Uh. I mean, initially maybe, but not not in our lifetimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm 40 this month. What are you? 45. Yeah. Not in our lifetimes. As us playing golf, right? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. so much more accepted in America than it ever was in, in Europe, or at least in England, you know. That's so insane. That's, that's part of where that comes from. That's I, – I, I, and again, I, I always – I tell people this all the time. Like, growing up in New Mexico was a little different because I didn't even – like, the first time I actually saw racer, like, that sort of stuff. Like, when I went to Dallas, I'm like, wait, what? Like, in New Mexico, I don't know. I just never – Paid attention to that. I, whatever. Like, it was just like, ah, eh, whatever. But when I went to Dallas, like, wait, at SMU, I'm like, where do I sit in the cafeteria here? This is weird. People are over here and over there. Wow. So, and, and golf was late to that party for sure. I mean, you can wear, you can wear jeans playing at Candy really Club, Tanawan. You can wear jeans anywhere, play golf here. You show up country club in jeans in Dallas, you're not playing. I don't even know. They even let you out of the car? <laughs> when I went to Brook Hollow, I'm like, no. I was afraid to. Jeez. And I had actually like a super nice rental car. And yeah. I'm like, uh. Oh, it, it's. Yeah, they are elitist for sure, some of them. Are you. Uh, I don't even know how to do this yeah. sort of thing. Like, now, that, that, there's a place in the game for that. But as, yeah. a, as a whole, it needs to be open to everybody. Now, well, everybody can't afford Brook Hollow. Yeah, no, no, no. $200,000 to join or whatever, and who knows how much, right? Yeah. There is that portion of golf that supports the industry. Yeah, you. That needs to be there. Yeah. But the rest of it needs to be there also. No, absolutely. You you spoke about this too with like Drive Chip Putt, I think. To be honest, like that, I would agree with you. That program, the Drive Chip Putt that Augusta did, when yeah. Augusta got on board, yeah. that was a huge door opened. And who knows why? I it's, mean, when, to, when Augusta, when they do something, everyone pays attention. When they let in their first female members, there was a trickle effect across the country. There are still some all male clubs. Yep. Um, you know, say what you want about it. it. You know, 
they spend a lot of money to have that and if that's what they want that's what they want but you know as a whole from the ground up golf needs to be you need to be accepted in all Walk shapes and sizes yeah exactly <laughs> yeah there's no two ways about it um, yeah i mean are those are those all male clubs going to go away or some of them some maybe all of them no they're not no and i'm yeah i mean that's up to them right like totally up to them yeah and uh, there's a spot for you somewhere anywhere yeah. somewhere there, yeah. you can find a spot for sure yeah if you if you can't afford to join the brook hollows you play municipal golf or you play somewhere that's cheaper or whatever it's no. there's different levels to it i mean yeah and it, again it's you you kind of go where you feel like you fit who knows maybe someone will start all women's club eventually i mean, I mean why would you i mean with I, to be honest i'll i give her a lot of credit is Paige Spriniak has yeah. really bursted on the scene and done that sort of thing. And if there was one that would start it, maybe she's the one that starts it. Like, I mean, okay, yeah. we'll do all women's club. There's fine. Go for it. Exactly. Good with me. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's fine with me. Um, we have to talk about this a little bit because Liv went off last week with the tour. Did you see the latest news, what the tour's doing? I did. You're I just did. talking smack about it. Well, Charles Howe won by what? Four shots? Yeah. The eternal runner-up on the PJ Tour when he has to play four <laughs> rounds and has to oh do, all, do all everything else. <laughs> Wins his first live event by four shots. There you go. In a shotgun. Yeah. You don't think that makes a difference? It makes it absolutely makes a difference. Well, I guess when he... I didn't... I didn't... Um, it was... I don't know. I didn't see it on CW, and I'm a, I'm a... I didn't watch it, no. I'm a live fan, but it's, you know, all the stuff is... But the tour... Is and I saw a funny meme, dude. It was Mr. Bean, and he was labeled as the PGA Tour, and he was cheating on a test, looking at <laughs> another guy of Live Golf because they're in 24. They're doing the exact same thing. Yeah, no I mean, cut, limited field, 20 million. At least it's still four rounds. Is it though? Yeah, they've said it's four rounds, but there won't be a cut. Um, it's not. So your sticking points the four rounds. The four rounds on the shotgun to me, it's like, <laughs> it's not, I get what they're, what they're saying and why, why they've done it for the fans, maybe, you know, to not have to be there for 15 hours to see everybody. Yeah. I get that. But if you're talking about the pureness of professional golf and going through the learning curves and doing all that stuff, I mean, that's. Yeah, maybe I'll be proved wrong. I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, but we better I, take I, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back to to some live and stuff like that. Uh, I'm Jerome Espinosa, the director of instruction, Eight Grady's Golf, alongside David Muddit. If you would like to inquire about leagues, club repair fittings, email me gspinosa at eightgradies.com. This is the Eight Grady's Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Let's get back to the Eight Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinoza on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Welcome back to the Eight Greatest Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. David Mudd and myself are here talking New Mexico golf Saturdays 10 to 11 a.m. Back to our live discussion and that sort of thing. And uh, I think Sam and I were talking before you got here. We were like, dude, it's looking awfully similar. I mean, and I, who, again, I still don't know what Greg Norman's thing is but i think it was somewhat this and like well this money's there now where has it been for the last whatever i can tell you this though like and, and i know they'll never say it because they probably can't or won't those tour guys have to be like oh thank god this league came, al- yeah, came I mean, about it's 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 definitely yeah it's creating changes um that i guess a lot of them felt were needed the prize money is alone yeah i mean Look, the prize money they made before they made these changes. It was still, still good. good. Yeah. Agreed. Really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, making a cut in a golf tournament is like, it's kind of part of the thing. Yeah. It's part of the battle of professional golf, you know? No, it is. I mean, I, I, I'll hold my hands up and say I'm a purist. Like, I, I, I believe in all the purest forms of golf, and I don't think the live is that. Like I said, I could be proved wrong years from now. Maybe that is the future. I would be blown away if that if fifty four hole shotguns are the future of professional golf. Well, but, if you look back at like some of the programs that and and who again, right? Like golf takes a long time 
it's expensive for the most part. And yeah. I, maybe I, I'm with you. Like maybe it, they are trying some stuff because I don't know, like a couple, and I don't know how it's not doable, right? But like, and I don't know who started it. Maybe it's USJ, whoever. But they were like, let's make six whole rounds and let's do twelve whole rounds. Like they've tried all these different things um, to make golf. I don't know, I, more palatable. Don't you think it worked? No, absolutely yeah, not. Like, yeah. you know, and, and I'll use this example, and I don't know if you know him, but Neil, he's one of Manning's buddies and Scott's buddies. Uh, yeah. He came. The air traffic so, controller? Yeah. So yeah. so we, yeah, you know Neil. Yeah. So we yeah. we did our a nine-hole playing session last week because that's what we do is we take him out to play. Yeah. And so we're playing nine holes, and Neil is tearing it up. So we turn, we stop. I'm like, okay, guys. You know, here's a nine hole thing. And he's like, I just shot 34. And he's like, I want to keep going, right? Like, what that's what. 44 on the back? No, he <laughs> had, well, so he had scheduled it, so he had to go to work. So oh. he couldn't, but it's, that's what happens, right? Like, you, let's say you go out for your three hole round or your six hole round, and you're like, I'm even par. I'm going to keep going. Like, no, I, I, I get that those, those things are set up to bring people to the game that aren't in the game at the moment. That maybe don't have the time or aren't as comfortable, and maybe three holes. Right, okay, I'll do three holes, or I'll do six holes, or I'll do nine holes. I get it, and it probably did bring some people to the game, but yeah, did it change the no, philosophy change of it. golf? No, no, not. not at all. No, I mean, and like you said, anyone that I shouldn't say anyone, I guess, but a lot of people that play, that's going to be the question, right? Like, well, would you shoot? Well, I can't say shot sixty four. You're like, well. 15 holes? Yeah, play 12 like, holes. Right? Exactly. When people ask you what you shot or what, you know, how do you play, you normally tell them like the 18-hole round. I guess you do. You can say, you know, well, I only played nine, shot 40 or whatever. But it's never like a, what was your 12-hole score? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that just And I think it goes to what you're saying. Like 18 holes is a lot of holes and a lot of stuff can happen, good or yeah. bad. I mean, you could start terrible. And finish on a massive run and end up playing well, or you know, like you said, you could shoot forty, the next nine shoot thirty, and you're like, this is the greatest sport ever. So, yeah, back to the shotgun thing, which is kind of what we were talking about. But I, I got into it with Brad the other day. <laughs> he loves the live tour, and I'm like, the shotguns are ridiculous, man. And he, I said, it's not, it's not, it's not completely fair on the outcome of the tournament. That's, it can yes, absolutely a, make a difference yes. to the winner of the golf tournament. And he's like, why? And I had to explain it to him, right? The holes you start on and the hole you finish on. That's huge. Yeah. If you, if I can start on the hardest you, hole and get it out of the way yeah, and say it's 17, I'm all in. Or if you're, you start five shots back and you're nine under par, but you've already played the toughest holes and now you're finishing on a little wid pitching wedge par three. Yeah. That's a massive advantage. I would And then having to go to 18 at Bay Hill, for example, right, with water. On <laughs> yes. Would, would you not prefer uh, to play that hole earlier in the round? Yeah. I know you have to play it. I get it. But under the conditions you play it, yes. absolutely make a difference. Agreed. That's my argument with it. I agree with that. Yeah. I do. And, and I'll even say this, you know, kind of moving to your side a little bit, is that I know they say, well, the weather's all the same. Well, not really. Yeah. Because... You know, and if you're I, on hole one and I'm on hole six, definitely. the wind is very different for us. But or whatever that that can be part of it. If you're one or two groups back anyway, that wind can yes. shift around. I wouldn't argue the weather as much, um, but I I would argue the holes you play and the order you play them. Well, that was one of the wines of those guys, right? Was that well, if I'm and you would know this because you've played morning afternoons and all that sort of stuff. Is they're like, well, I get screwed because I yeah. had the terrible weather days. I went, but. I would say that's too. part of it. Yeah. When you get a good draw or whatever, and sometimes you don't know till after you're done. Yeah. So it's not like you can predict the draw like, oh, I got screwed before you ever tee it off. You really don't know that well, till the after. If, if you're not playing the holes in the same order, like if you're not playing one through 18, you're not playing the same golf course. Yeah. You're opening tee shot. Maybe you're a really nervous person on the opening tee. Well, if you start on a wide open hole <laughs> on number six... <laughs> You're a lot more comfortable than the guy starting on one with water left and out of bounds right. Right? Yeah. I mean, 
Or you can and hit it's your first shot of the day. Or I'll say if you can hit a pitching wedge because it's a par three or an eight iron, that's a lot better than yeah. I don't. To hit. I don't really have a problem, and I've said this the whole time. I don't. I don't care where the money's coming from. That's not the reason I'm not a fan of live. Not a fan of live because I don't think it's anywhere near as good to watch, and it's yeah. it's not as good of a product. Well, and I think what they tried to do, and I, I again, I'm not just speaking, you know, straight off my brain, is they were trying to cramp the four-hour round into one, I guess, slot, so to yeah. speak, um, so everyone could see it, and then they can have their concerts after and all that stuff, rather than the, I, I the get whole it. day marathon. But again, just, I, I would... I watch golf, and maybe it's because of the knowledge I have of what these guys are doing. You know what they're going through. That's, yeah. I'm watching it because what they're achieving is incredibly difficult to do. Yep. And they're doing it. In front of everybody, in the last group, in the worst of the conditions of the golf course, that's part of it. You tee off last, the course is worse than when you tee off first. I mean, it's all part of it. You're sleeping on the lead. Yeah. You're on the range by yourself. Exactly. You're the last, already you, gone. You're the last three people on the range going to the last group, and that's when it starts to hit you. Exactly. Yep. You don't – there's none of that in that. There's no – we spoke – when we first started talking about this, I'm like, there's no real – cool storylines of the live right they don't there's no drama yeah you know what i mean i mean yeah charles Howell wins a tournament hasn't won many times i think they've is it tried a cool to, story of course but i think they've tried to create it with the teams a little bit like and again te- you know some people love team golf some people hate it yeah i'm sure you see guys I don't have a problem with the team golf i think it's pretty cool but once again would i prefer to watch all four rounds of bay hill and watch them all do it the same way and, and realize what they're going through or watch a, yeah, you know. Uh, no, yeah, I, I mean. It's, it's not, there's not there's nothing there for me to make me want to watch it. Yeah. Well, and I. <laughs> and that's my opinion. People, we've, people we've differ about, about this but, too is like, there's one cool logo on Live right now and they're called the Range Goats. Dude, it is a really, because I don't know, I'm weird. I'm a logo guy. So I'm like, that is a freaking cool logo it's way better than Clique Golf Club or yeah. I don't even know. Niblix. Smash. There's yeah. a Smash GC. And I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, I could see if, I don't know. You know, it's different when you're all from the same club that it would be kind of cool. But when you just pull it out of thin air and like, yeah. David, we're part of the up and down golf club. You're like, it's terrible. what is that? Terrible. I like range guns. Dude, I'm telling good. you, it is a cool logo. Like, it's the best one. And I don't know if. They like gave them the authority to like go ahead and make your own logo, but you know, I, I and who knows? I, I don't know how it's going to all pan out because as you saw, I don't know, you saw, but Dustin Johnson and Sergio both got uh, Adidas dropped them. Yeah, I did um, see that. I don't know if it's because I don't know what that's all about either because we, we've said I didn't think that would affect any of that stuff, but I mean, who knows? Maybe it's they're looking at the market and like they were not. There's not as many eyes on you. Well, that's um, for sure. There isn't. I mean, their their influences. I mean, I, I would say Dustin Johnson's influence is just as big as any be, on social media because of his wife. But yeah. um, I, I don't know why. And it's I I've noticed that they're wearing uh, like team uniforms. But I would think like if you were like, okay, we're red shirts. Everyone can come up with the red shirt from their supplier. I don't know how this is gonna work. I have no idea. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that that they're not they're not seen as much anymore. They're not they don't give as many interviews. That they're not in the public eye as much as they used to be. I I bet that has a lot to do with. I'm it. I'm sure it when does. When they're on the podium, when they're paying these guys a lot of money, and it's like we see you very rarely now. I w- I wish a couple of them would get. Like in contention in a major because they're going to play all the majors at least the ones who are exempt. At least because that'll the, be interesting year, to yeah. see if like they pull them into the media because I know on tour well they can't play anyway, but they avoid those guys like the plague to give them the exposure I guess which to me is weird with social media you can have as much or more exposure than you ever wanted. So who knows? Yeah, I I, I don't know I don't know what's behind that. A lot of those whole Adidas thing, it. but. They don't use social media the way they should. I mean, I mean, their wives do a good job. I mean, you look at Brooks's wife. Well, I think you need to get yourself away from it. You you can get stuck in a rut there just reading comments. Well, there's a lot of bad things said, too. <laughs> as, as many good things as there is, there's probably 
ten times as many negative things. I would agree. I mean, I got rid of it all. I don't. That's why I hardly ever know what's going on. Someone say it's like the cesspool of whatever. Well, it's just, yeah, it just, I don't know. Well, this, again, it's it's just crazy, like, who knows? The, maybe it's a younger generation thing because they have, like, NIL deals and they're all trying to become YouTube stars and all that sort of stuff. Who knows? I mean, yeah, the world world is changing. world of golf's changing. But I guess time will remain to see what that really looks like. Yeah. I well, mean, do you think 10 years from now it's still going to be the same as it is today? No. Is a live going to do the same thing 10 years from now? Who knows? Who knows if they'll even be alive? I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it's there. I guess we'll get to see... How it comes to fruition and all this stuff that happens. Um, and maybe the PJ Tour is the one that goes away. I mean, no, that's not happening. I don't see that happening. No, and that's that's yeah. Now, if the live if live changes things up and they start doing it different and it's more traditional and you know that I don't know. I mean, obviously the PJ Tour are concerned. They're making changes that <laughs> yeah. are probably long overdue. If you ask those guys on tour, your average Joe is gonna be like. They were making one point five million anyway, two million anyway for winning the US Open, whatever it was. Yeah. Do they need three point eight? Like, does that really? Probably not. Right. I, I don't know. That's a tough one. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, my last plea is PGA Junior League. We have one at eight Grady's. Join up. We got some teams working. We got another month of signups, and then we'll get started. So uh, you can uh, go to pgajuniorleague.com and find a program. But I'm asking, join ours. Hey, Grady's, Sandy is sold out, so stay away from them. They don't like you. (laughs) Well, thanks, guys. Um, We appreciate y'all joining us. That'll do it for today's show. There will be a link for today's show at 8gradies.com. We'll be here again next Saturday, 10 to 11. I'm Jerome Espinosa alongside David Wendt. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the 8 Grady's Golf Show with Jerome Espinosa. Come back Saturday mornings at 10 for the latest stories and analysis from around the world of golf on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team.